Hey, this is Richard Tyson, and you're listening to On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to episode 51 of On Screen and Beyond. This is Brian Zemrak, your host with you, and we are like I said, in episode 51. And when we did episode 50, I had said we were going to have a week-long celebration of more episodes that'll come right at you so we can bring you more interviews with more people to celebrate our 50th show. And on this episode, we are also celebrating, of course, we've done a couple of shows with the people from When I Find the Ocean, which is on a theatrical release uh, for one week, and it will end this week so you have a couple more days to go ahead and see the film on the big screen where you should see it and then of course it's not over you can still get it on dvd and uh, see the film it's a good family film and uh, we've interviewed bernie casey already we've interviewed uh, tanya s holly who's the um, director producer and writer of the film and of course lee majors and now we are going to be interviewing Richard Tyson, who, of course, has been in other films, including Kindergarten Cop, alongside Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was in a 1987 comedy called Three O'Clock High. He was also in Kingpin. And me, myself, and Irene. And There's Something About Mary, where he was a detective in that one, in a great scene with Ben Stiller. Uh, he also had his own TV show back in the 80s called Hardball with John Ashton. And uh, he's been in a, many other films, including Black Hawk Down, um, Battlefield Earth, The Visitation. He's been on TV shows such as CSI, uh, CSI New York, uh, Boomtown, Martial Law, and a whole bunch of other ones. And he's also going to be in the story of Bonnie and Clyde with Hilary Duff coming out in 2010, which will also be written and produced and directed by Tanya S. Hawley. So there's a lot of things that he's going to let us know on. He's a he's a very interesting guest. He's he's funny, and you want to stick around for that and listen. And he talks about, of course, when I find the ocean. And Richard's coming up next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My guest today on On Screen and Beyond is an actor who has appeared in such films as Kindergarten Cop with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Something About Mary with Ben Stiller, Two Moon Junction, and now he's part of the family film in theaters across the country this week, When I Find the Ocean. It's Richard Tyson. Welcome to On Screen and Beyond, Richard. Hey, thanks, Ron. Thanks a lot, man. 
Uh, great to be here. Great. Give us an idea. I mean, this movie is just out in theaters because it was picked up as an independent uh, film to be specially shown for a week here. Um, tell us about your role in the film. Well, it's interesting. Uh, the unwritten rule in the theatrical world, uh, you know, when uh, I was doing a Othello uh, up at a theater, uh, the Will Gear Theatricum Botanicum, and the unwritten rule is in the, if you're in the theater, uh, if you get a real role, a real job, like a paying gig in the movies, whatever role you have on stage and you go to that movie and indeed i was working on one of the greatest roles ever iago in othello mm-hmm. and i was working on it for about two weeks and you know he's the devil incarnate and then i got cast as this in when i find the ocean to play this used car salesman in 1965 in rural alabama and uh so uh and i was supposed to play the stepdad who uh is beating the child that runs away he's uh. Uh, you know, and so I think a little of the devil, you know, Iago seeped into that character, you know, and uh, it it was a uh, it was an interesting uh, intro into the yeah. into a stepfather role. Uh, you know, the story is about a little girl. I guess uh, you know, it's a little Tom Sawyer, you know, uh, Huck mm-hmm. Finn. You know, yeah. they, she she escapes. They don't know why she leaves, but she gets on a boat and travels away to find her lost father who died at sea in the Navy, and uh, she's going after his spirit, and, you know, she's befriended along the way, and, they, and they're looking for, in the beginning, know where, you know, where she is, where she's going, and uh, they don't know the culprit is amongst them, and that's uh, my character, Dean, who uh, is just now, he rationalizes it, uh you know, a hard discipline right now, because in two years, she's like 11 years old, and in two years, we're going to lose the girl, you know, if we don't put some discipline on her right now, you mm-hmm. know. So it's kind of demented, but uh, that's the way he reasoned it. Uh, yeah. Now, what drew you to this part? Well, you know, uh, Tanya Hall is an old friend of mine, and I and I, I knew her 15 years ago, and she said she was going to um, uh, write a movie and put me in it. Oh. And uh, over the years, she kept calling. She was so persistent, and she kept, you know, checking in with me year after year and finally she goes we have the money we got the script we want you to play this i said i'm all in i'm all in like the poker players (laughs) and uh you know and you can always find something like i said i just got back from an audition uh play a neo-nazi you know skinhead you know it's like you don't pick the roles they pick they pick you usually you know unless you're making the movie yourself right yeah now uh but Go ahead, if you... No, go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, I just wanted to mention now, you, you, you know, you were talking about playing the, you know, Othello and, and, and this movie. You always have a dark side to you. Well, uh, not all the time, but a lot of times you have a dark side to your character. Do you like playing the type of character that has a little meat behind it like that? Absolutely. No, that's the fun. You know, that's the fun part of it. And you know what? Uh, even if you're on death roll, uh, I haven't played one of those yet, but even if you're on death roll... You wake up some days, you feel better than other days. And you look in the mirror and go, wow, this you know, pretty good day. So you don't look at yourself as a bad guy, mm-hmm. you know. And so there's always some reason behind, you know, something. That's what you look for. You look for that little slice uh, that that maybe you can understand the way he's going. You know, like uh, Millennium, that, that TV show, the guy says he can see what the killer sees, you know. Mm-hmm. So... He's not the bad guy because he sees that. He's the good guy because he 
knows how to deal with these. And so that's what you look for is that, that little strand that uh, you can identify with and, and move forward after that. Oh, and another thing, in the movies, nobody really dies. Right. You know, <laughs> you know so... So uh, it's uh, the theater. There's two. The first two rules of theater is uh, everyone has a good time. And the second one is no one gets hurt. You know. Mm. All right. Now we're just telling stories. Right. You know? yeah. So, so that's just like the movie. Now, with your um, your acting career, did you always want to be an actor? Uh, no, I didn't. I was on the debate team. I was going to be a senator. That's what I wanted to oh, do, really? and uh, maybe president. I did. My brother is a the DA in Mobile, uh, oh. fourth term. Uh, my my uh, older brother. Uh, my dad was state senator and ran for Congress, and very involved in politics all his whole life. And I was president of every class I was in. Sorry, I'm on the street here uh, in my truck, but yeah. uh. uh no, I was going that way. I was on the debate team, and I, I did a children's theater to 1,500 first graders. Mm-hmm. We enacted stories from their books, and uh, I did two shows a day for a week in front of 1,500 first graders, and it changed my life. I said, wow, if I can bring the smiles to the faces, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. sometimes the terror, you know, uh, great. Wow, it's a good gig if you can get it. Yeah. Now, my you- dad goes, uh, well, it beats working, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But there is a lot of serious hard work to go into it. Oh, yeah, a lot of hours. People don't realize the hours that you put in. Yeah, I did a movie uh, uh, in Kentucky. and It's a Civil War movie. Uh, and uh, it's called Pharaoh's Army. Chris Christopherson and uh, uh, Chris Cooper. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there's a scene where the three of us are supposed to float down the creek early morning dead. Well, the other two actors wouldn't get in the water. <laughs> it's too cold. I said, didn't you read the script? We're floating down the water, you know. And, you know, I jumped in. And eventually, you know, they tried to put wetsuits on them. They wouldn't do it, you know, and then put the clothes over that. And I did it, and the director says, you need a wetsuit. I'm like, no, you know, I can do a couple more. He goes, no, you're shaking, though. It's freezing out of here. Put the wetsuit on and, you know. Yeah. yeah, we did it. And action, cut, move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People just don't realize that there's. It's not all glamour like they, you know, they think it is. <laughs> right, right. They think it's all blondes and uh, swimming pools. Right. You know, but, but it's not. You know. You know. I did another movie, and this guy it was called. Uh, at first, it was called. Uh, I can't remember, but he's. Basically, uh, it's his it's his story, you know. Back in his hometown, he uh, the Roto Rooter guy. His father owned the business, and he was the guy. And you know, I saw him with all this mess all over, and it was fake stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I said, "Look, you wrote this. Next time, write something about a detective in the south of France with a bunch <laughs> of models, you know. Don't 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 write yourself in a corner like this. Go ahead and write a pretty story. So right. You don't have to be in the quagmire. You know? so. <laughs> um, now, uh, do you remember what your first uh, paid acting either job in a movie or a TV show was? Well, uh, movie or TV, but my first paid gig was uh, the children's theater. And uh, the director says, man... This is the second. I did one play before that. He goes, "This is your second gig. If you can get paid for your second gig, 
you are ahead of 97% of all, maybe 98% of all actors. You're getting paid. Most of them don't, you know. Mm, yeah. My first paid gig, uh, way back when I had come out, I came out with $100 on the Greyhound bus to come be in the movies from oh, really? Alabama. And uh, I got a little thing that allowed me to get into the union uh, called the Friend Indeed. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine said he was playing as a basketball player, and I said, well, just to prove it, uh, you need another, you know, I know you got to have five guys on the court, you know, and uh, they cast me, and that was, I don't remember when that was, uh, but, you know, then I went away to school and came back years later and uh, had all the training, and uh, then my first gig was Moonlighting. You ah, know? yes, Bruce Willis. <laughs> Sybil. Moonlighting, yeah, and yeah. Uh, Sybil Shepard. Yeah. I remember I saw Sybil Shepard, uh, with uh, curlers and no makeup uh, for the run-through before we all got in the costume. And, and I was like, Civil Shepherd, just like I pictured it. <laughs> and I was just kidding, but he didn't take it so well. The next time I saw her, she looked gorgeous, you know, like the uh, Miss USA she was. Right. Miss, wasn't she a Miss America? Something like Which, that. Uh, yeah, something. Anyway, yeah, so that was uh, uh, Moonlighting. Uh, I did a uh, TV uh pilot uh in australia i did three o'clock high man three o'clock high was yep. my first movie you know mm -hmm. so so that's kind of the starting point there yeah now and you also had a, a tv show right for a while called hardball yeah i had it yeah huh H called hardball yeah hardball yeah yeah that's right uh it was so funny back then you know uh people would come up to me these girls or whoever says Oh, I just love your hard balls. I'm like, it's hardball. It's hardball, you know. It's like, oh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, you know. Uh, it was with John Ashton, you know. He was a uh, uh, Taggart and Beverly Hills cop. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was a great show, man. We beat Cosby the first three weeks we were on. The Cosby show was number one. We beat it, uh, but... Then it kind of fell by the wayside because it's a baseball theme, and that was the year that the World Series was in San Francisco, you know, the, Red, the Oakland A's against the Giants, and mm -hmm. the earthquake occurred, and uh, we had been scheduled not on the same night as the World Series, but then when the earthquake had shook it all out of proportion and no one knew it was coming on, they lost us, they didn't know where to find us, and... uh I know, we ended up just doing one season. Yeah. Now, in France, it was number one in France and Italy and Spain, and Germany, and wow. I'm huge in France. <laughs> I'm huge in Morocco. We went over there with Morocco to do Black Hawk Down. I'm sitting at the table with Josh Hartnett and uh, uh, Sizemore and Sam Shepard and Ewan McGregor and, mm -hmm. and uh, who else? Who else? Uh, what's that guy's name? He's uh, uh, a big guy now. Uh, he was in Pirates of the Caribbean, but it wasn't Johnny Depp, the other guy. Orlando Bloom? Orlando Bloom, he was in Black Hawk now. So we're all sitting there at the table, and the waitress comes up to Josh Hartness and says, you take a picture? He goes, yeah, sure. He kind of moved his hair over to the side a little bit. And, and they go, uh, yeah, and he hand, they handed him the camera. He says, me and Tyson, me and Tyson. <laughs> he just wanted him to take the picture, you know. He goes, and he's a good guy. He goes, oh, sure, sure. I didn't understand, you know. But all those big stars are sitting there, and everything I've ever done, has appeared in Morocco, you know, so I'm huh. huge in Morocco. <laughs> yeah. How was it working on that film, Black Hawk Down? Oh, it was great, man. It was great. I mean, we were over there a long time, five months. 
Wow. We worked like two or three days a week. I mean, we had other things to do, like training and weapons and all that. And that was cool. But, uh, you know, we really worked, you know, like two days. And when you're talking about working, that was playing Army, you know. Right, yeah. You know, and uh, I meet these guys in Hollywood now that were over there with me, and they look up, hey, bro, hey, you know, come up with a hug. I'm like, look, man, we broke for lunch, all right? We didn't serve, you know, we broke for lunch, you know? And those weren't real bullets, but cool, it's great to see you, man, you know? Yeah. Uh, but we were just proud to be a part of that movie, you know, any part in that movie. That was just a very honorable thing with uh, Ridley Scott, you know? Yeah, it was good just, movie. Uh, Fantastic. And then, you know, you were also in a totally different type movie, and uh, There's Something About Mary, where you played Detective. Something About Mary, yeah. Uh, The Fairley brothers are friends of mine, and I think they wanted me to go to Miami for the Super Bowl. Uh, My friends in Santa Monica, wow, you got tickets? Uh, I said, no, the Super Bowl's in San Diego this year, but I think they wanted me there. Anyway, they found a good role for me, and... uh, to play that, you know, kind of make fun of yourself because I always play the hard ass or right. whatever. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, I met Don Knotts on the plane years ago and I said, hey, Mr. Knotts, I had to say hello to you, you know. Uh, he goes, you're an actor? What movies? And I said, something about Mary. He goes, oh, I love that movie. I said, you know what? I was playing your character, Barney Fife, in that movie. But when I do it, it doesn't look like the way you do it. But I was doing that, you know, with a tongue in the cheek and, you know, and a, acting all tough. Yeah, yeah. And basically, I, I said, he goes, oh, that's awesome, you know. He was a real gentle guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he passed on about a year after yeah, that. But, yeah, yeah. But uh, something about Mary. Yeah, man, people say, you ever do comedy? I said, man, I've done three Fairley Brothers movies. I've done, uh, you know, Kingpin. Some, uh, when I, what's that other one? Uh, uh, I played the redneck gun shop owner in uh, Me, Myself, and Irene. Oh, me, yes, yes, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, the funny thing about that, you know, they put the tape on your door, you know, to your trailer. Yeah. And they put, and you put your character on there, so it's Redneck Gun Shop Owner, you know? <laughs> All right, well, I uh, had played Genghis Khan over in Russia. I was going for another year over there, and uh, this guy that worked with me over there, an American actor, came back, and he hadn't seen me since I played Genghis Khan, who conquered the world, you mm-hmm. know? And uh, he looks at my trailer door, and he goes, Wow, Redneck Gun Shop Owner, how they all... How they fall, you know. How, wow, we I mean, went from Genghis Khan to the redhead gun shop, but that that makes it fun though, doesn't it? Yeah. Now, now you mentioned Genghis Khan. Um, now I had read somewhere, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you know you never know if what you read on the internet is true. But um, the Genghis Khan movie that you made uh, starred Charlton Heston and Pat Moriarty. And it, yeah, it, it, Pat Morita, yeah. Morita, I'm sorry, yes. And it was never finished? Well, no, we finished it. It was never shown. Okay. Uh, actually, they still need to do post-production. And I was talking to a consortium uh, just, uh, you know, early this year about going to get that. We're, we're talking about it sits in a vault in Rome. Mm-hmm. It sits there. It was, a Rome, it was an Italian company, and we went to Russia, and... And it was supposed to come out on ABC the uh, very next year, four straight nights, two hours a night. 
And if that comes out as a mini series with Charlton Heston and Pat Morita, you know, and I'm I'm the lead, it's like I can write my own ticket. Well, it never came out. Uh, so it's like it's like doing four movies and nothing coming out, you know. So they kind of wondered where the hell I went, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we're doing a we're trying to put together this documentary. We're gonna go extract it from a vault and uh, you know do post and get it out uh, maybe in the next year or so. Uh, Oh. And we're going to do a documentary called Finding Genghis, you know, so, uh, so, the, so uh, yeah, keep your fingers crossed, we might, that might show up. Uh, so the film too. itself still may come out then? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Great, good. I mean, because that, that's, you know, that should be a good one, and, and you know, with Charlton Heston, and geez, that's... <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, man, you should see some of the footage, it's just beautiful up in the Cascade Mountains up there, uh the Central Highlands, it's just, uh, and Charlton Heston, and, uh, you know, it was just, uh, really, I, I aged from 21 to 54 years old in the movie. Wow. Apparently, Genghis Khan died when he was 54 or something like that. Hmm. Yeah. It was yeah. pretty cool. So, how was it working with, with a, a legend like Charlton Heston? Oh, it's great, man. Uh, we were stuck in this, uh, place that was off the map. We were without phones for two months. But he came in for three weeks, and he finished in two weeks, and he was outside talking to all of the actors. And he goes, you know what? You know, you can always say, wherever you go for the rest of your career, wherever you go, it wasn't quite as bad as here. See you later, fellas. (laughs) 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 You know? I said, well, great. Well, I had a great time. I was Genghis Khan. Right, uh, yeah. I never wanted to say cut, you know, because then we're... Now, the people of Bishkek, Kyrgyzstan, that's where we were. Mm-hmm. It was the former city of Frunze in the Soviet Union. We were actually delayed a year. We were supposed to shoot it, and then the coup occurred in Moscow, and the generals fled to Frunze. And we're like, uh, movie's off. And uh, and then uh, six months later, came back, and we all went over there for a year. We were in China, you know, Mongolia. We were all over, you know, on the Chinese border. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable experience you know? oh, but that must be i'd love to see it come out finally that'd be great yeah but that must be uh, heartbreaking to you know you work that long on something like that and then all of a sudden they say it's not coming out it was a seminal event from you know my life uh just being able to do that and they pulled my eyes back a little i got squinty eyes anyway but i played genghis khan with red hair and green eyes and and uh yeah, it's very frustrating to have that not come out, you know, because I'd like for it to come out uh, before I can't ride a horse anymore because they say, wow, he looks good up on a horse. Let's get him on a horse. <laughs> Sorry, he doesn't have teeth anymore, you know. Uh, you know. So, no, we, we really wanted to come out. I think it was it should have come out about the time of Braveheart, and that's right when those biographical, you know, yep. uh, movies were coming out, and... And it's it's an epic, you know, and uh, I would love for people to see that. I put my heart and soul into it every day. You know? Yeah, well, I hope it does. Jeez, that'll be a good one. Thanks, man. Um, I hope they see when I find the ocean, though, uh, tomorrow. <laughs> yes, yeah, they they have, you know, it's a, like I said, it's a limited release, so people have to go out this week. And But then, of course, it's still available on DVD after that, so, you know, they will be able yeah, to. Yeah, but it's fun to see it on the big screen, Yeah, you know, the, eat some popcorn, you know. Right. I used to say, you know, I don't want to see it until I have some popcorn in my... I don't want to see dailies. I don't want to see my mistakes. 
I want to see it with music and uh, everything in order. No more mistakes and uh, popcorn. Right. Know, so yeah. It's yeah. still fun just to go to the movies. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I just wanted one more question here about. Uh, I noticed that you have a ton of films that are coming out, or either they're in post-production, pre-production, or, or. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Can you give us an idea of some of the ones that are coming up? Uh, yeah, there's one called Jake's Corner that I'm very proud of. I play the lead. I play Johnny Dunn, an ex-running back from the University of Arizona, mm-hmm. uh, who won the Heisman Trophy in 1990. Wow. Now, uh, that's fictitious. And I said when I read the script, I said, look, um, uh, yeah, we got to give credit to the real guy who won the Heisman Trophy in 1990, and no one could say who that was. But I met one guy over three years that knew the answer. Hey, darling. Ty Dapner from BYU, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought the producers forgot about it, but we saw it at the Sonoma Film Festival, and indeed, one of the second, you know, one or two first credits that came at the end of the movie, special thanks to Ty Dapner, the 1990 Heisman Trophy winner, you know, so I thought they forgot, but this movie is about uh, loss, it's about a man dealing with his life, uh, you know, we got five out of five doves, and uh, we've really attracting you know the dove foundation so like the good housekeeping yeah. seal of approval mm-hmm. and these guys gave us five doves they really love it wow. and uh it's uh there's you know there's no violence or cursing or sex or you know but it's a, it's a story about life and it's about johnny dunn uh dealing with tragedies in his life and uh i'm very very proud of this movie if you go to john if you go to jake's corner the movie.com you can check out a trailer and a couple of uh a couple of scenes, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and we're also talking about acting. That's kind of funny, uh, but it's a heavy movie. Uh, incidentally, when I find the ocean, five out of five doves. Yes, I know. And yeah. Jake's Corner, five out of five. I did another movie, uh, The Last Flight Out. And I think the same thing. I'm not sure of the doves. I think it had to rank up there. You know. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we've all of a sudden found an audience in the faith-based people. Uh, around the country yeah well it's nice that some you know i mean not every movie has to be about you know about sex and and, Absolutely. and everything else you know? it's nice to have a movie that's you know just a, a good movie to watch yeah exactly you know this kid comes in he loses his parents and he has to live with johnny out at jake's corner and uh johnny's an uncle he's not a father you know so he's kind of learning how to help the kid along and the kid ends up being a catalyst for change uh it's it's a very powerful movie and uh i hope uh, people get a chance to see that i'm also directing uh in august i'm directing a movie oh really uh, winnemucca nevada and you might say where the (laughs) where the mucca is that you know (laughs) well it's three and a half hours northeast of reno and right now it, it it's called bye bye birds Mm-hmm. And it's about uh, this Vietnam long-range recon uh, assassin that was a Green Beret in Vietnam, and uh, he's back in America. It's not Apocalypse Now with a bunch of Vietnam stuff. It's Apocalypse Later. You know, yeah. he's back in the States. Yeah. And it's about him getting rid of the birdies, the demons in his head, you know. And uh, that's going to be uh, another faith-based movie, you know, because we're dealing with real stuff that the boys are dealing with coming back from Iraq. You know, it's a pertinent story, and uh, if this great hero from Vietnam can get over it, our boys can get over it, too. Now, now you're directing it. Are you also in it, too, or? Yeah, I'm I'm playing the lead 
oh. guy, and I'm directing it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the the actual guy came and found me. He said, "Look, I've researched some directors in town, you know, and I'm like, he goes, I want you to direct it. These people, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it was just, uh, you know, he's not used to artistic world, and I guess I was a pretty much a, a bridge for him." Yeah. Over there, and he goes, "Why don't you just direct it?" You know. So now, will this be your first time directing? Yeah, I've directed some shorts and some plays, but I've never done a full-length feature. And uh, we're currently writing it uh, from his source material, mm-hmm. and we'll be ready to go in August. And uh, we're going to lay it out, and you'll be seeing it right now. It's called "Bye Bye Birdies." Mm-hmm. We think it's going to be "Bye Bye Birds." It might be Bye Bye Bats in the Belfry, or, you know, I don't know, but it's, uh, that's the working title is Bye Bye Birdies. Right, right now. yeah. Well, we'll keep our eye out for that one, too. That, that's, uh, yeah, like... absolutely. Yeah. Uh, in fact, the, ones, the guys that work with me on uh, Jake's Corner, uh, Grand Canyon Films, you can go to their website mm-hmm. or Jake's Corner website, and, uh, and, and we'll start posting, you know, different things about the new movie that we'll work. I called them as soon as I got the gig, you know, because... They're good friends. I've done a couple of movies with them, and uh, they're good. They're yeah. good. So, well, sounds like you're busy. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. Hey, it's awesome, man, right? Yeah. I mean, like uh, Bill Cosby said, we in the end, we got a long time to sleep. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Richard, uh, good luck with all the projects, and, uh, of course, uh, When I Find the Ocean, and uh, we appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Hey, Brian, thanks, man. Uh very honored that uh, you guys included me, and I uh, hope you liked the movie. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll talk again soon, huh? Great, yeah. And once again, I want to thank Richard Tyson for sitting down and talking with us here at On Screen to Be On and bringing you more and more people all about the movies, TV shows that you all love, and it's right here on On Screen to Be On. Richard's great guest, funny guy, and... We hope that his movies um, that he was talking about, uh, especially like the Genghis Khan, that would be an interesting one to see. And, of course, you can still see him in the movie When I Find the Ocean. If you want to see it on the big screen, it is out now in theaters for the rest of the week. You have a few more days you can see it. After that, you can still get it out on DVD. Uh, but if you want to find out where you can see it, because it is playing all across the country, but uh, some places it may not be playing. So if uh, you want to find out where, all you have to do is go to the link on our site at the bottom of uh, where we have his interview posted. You can uh, click on that uh, site. It'll take you to um, Cypress Moon Productions, and they have a listing of all the places around the United States where it's playing. So if you want to do that, you can go out and you can see a great movie, good family film, bring the kids, and you can enjoy a movie that uh, has a uh, good rating for family members to see. Okay, And that's unusual because you don't see that very often. So it's a good film to take in, and you got a few more days to do that. And we really want to thank uh, Richard and also Tanya S. Hawley, Lee Majors, and Bernie Casey for taking the time to talk to us here at On Screen and Beyond about their film, When I Find the Ocean. So, let's see. Here we are. We've completed 51 episodes of On Screen and Beyond. Our 52nd show will be coming up uh, shortly. And uh, we have another great guest coming away. So, until then, this is Brian saying take care. <laughs>